Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Before we begin, today for you, our podcast listeners, a special treat, a discount subscription to the Weekly Standard. When you're done listening to the podcast, be sure to click the box in the post to get your special discount. Bill Crystal joins us today for the Weekly Standard Podcast because of more breaking news about Chuck Hagel. Secretary of Defense nominee Chuck Hagel said Israel is on its way to becoming an apartheid state during an April 9th, 2010 appearance at Rutgers University, according to a contemporaneous account by an attendee. Hagel also accused Israel of violating U.N. resolutions, called for U.S.-designated terrorist organization Hamas to be included in peace negotiations, and to described Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu as a radical, according to the source. Bill Crystal. this is a major story and a disturbing report. Right. People can go to the Washington Free Beacon website and see it. Uh, uh, in 2010, speaking at Rutgers, he talked about how Israel was becoming an apartheid state. Netanyahu was a radical. Uh, Israel was violating all kinds of U.N. resolutions. Really one-sided and extreme view, consistent with other things he said, incidentally, about Israel, uh, every time he, he's discovered to have said one of these things, he apologizes and says he doesn't think he said it or he <laughs> didn't mean it when he said it. Um, and I just don't know how how you know how many of them we can find. I mean, it's it, uh, he hasn't disclosed everything that he all the speeches he gave. He didn't speak speak from text all the time. We've actually got uh, I know various groups have reporters out just trying to track down audios and videos of these speeches. And if your listeners who've heard Hagel say something outrageous, please. Feel free to let us know, but um, I do think it's unbelievable that the Democrat, Democratic senators just keep hanging in there with him. They must be appalled by these things. They're totally out of the mainstream of even the Democratic Party, let alone the mainstream American opinion about Israel, about American Jews, about the Middle East, about Iran. And yet uh, the Democrats seem to be hanging tough behind President Obama's nominee here. And just so people got it, the email from Kenneth Wagner, who was sitting essentially you know, across the room from Chuck Hagel as he spoke, right. quote, I'm sitting in a lecture by Chuck Hagel at Rutgers. He basically said that Israel had violated every U.N. resolution since 1967, that Israel has violated its agreements with the quartet, that it was risking becoming an apartheid state if it didn't allow the Palestinians to form a state. He said that the settlements were getting close to the point where a contiguous Palestinian state would be impossible. I mean, this is really red meat for the people who want to find a reason to oppose or have conflict with Israel. It is, and it's not what you would want the next Secretary of Defense of the United States to be thinking or saying. Um, and this fellow, Mr. Wagner, who sent the email at the time to a friend, uh, sent it in, let the, he was concerned about the Hegel nomination, having, I guess, almost sort of just wandered into the speech. Right. He was a law student at Rutgers. Uh, and this was the email he, he authentically sent at the time. So there's no reason to think he w he had no interest, you know, with Chuck Hagel per se. So there's, there's no reason he would have made any of this up. So um, we we haven't gotten a comment. There hasn't been a comment from Hagel yet about this. But it is really appalling. I got to say, I've seen we, you and I discussed this in the past on our podcast. Um, you know, we've seen bad nominees from both parties. But usually, at some point, people from within the president's own party say. Look, we can do better on this. It's nothing personal, Mr. President. You 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 made a good faith effort here, but it just turned out this nominee wasn't up to it. After Hegel's performance, appalling performance at the hearing, after more and more things have come out that make it impossible to pretend that some of his most outrageous statements that he apologized for and walked away from were aberrations, that they weren't part of a pattern, uh, it's just amazing to me that no Democratic senator is willing to stand up and say this is just ridiculous. And the it's not as if if Hegel was withdrawn tomorrow. It's not as if you or I get to nominate the next Secretary of Defense. <laughs> President Obama does. It's going to be a liberal anyway. But let's have a respectable mainstream liberal and not Chuck Hagel. 
see, this is where you and I disagree, Bill Crystal, because I'm prepared right now in front of our audience to endorse Chuck Hagel. Because at this point, he's so weak, he's such a joke, he's such an embarrassment, that as he tries to gut the Defense Department and he tries to undermine the relationship between America and Israel, he's not likely to have any success. Who's going to want to step up and say, yes, I'm supporting this take on military cuts because Chuck Hagel says they're good. He's like the anti-King Midas. You know, everything you know, he touches. I, I think that I've thought of that. There's some truth to that, and that may be what we end up with if he's confirmed, and we'll mm-hmm. have to in a way, uh, take advantage of, of his weakness to, to prevent him, help prevent him from doing the, the worst things he would try to do. The Defense Department, though, is still an awfully important uh, part right. of the government, and Defense Secretary has an awful lot of influence, even a weakened one. I guess I prefer to see someone responsible and competent in the job. But um, And I think we have a shot. I'm very curious to see whether each of these things, as each of these things come, comes out, whether, you know, eventually... Um, either Republicans firm up a little and really stick with the filibuster that they did stick with on, on the first vote on Thursday, uh, preventing the closing of debate. Uh, it seems crazy to close off debate when we're still discovering things he said as recently as 2010, after all. Well, you know, or, was, or maybe some Democrats but, jump off. Finally. Well, and that's what's disturbing. You know, there are, there are a lot of Washington traditions, you know, having the State of the Union address and having the guy here. You hear you. We all kind of roll our eyes and say, yeah, this is what you do. You know, but the tradition of the Senate as a body where the members cared more about the integrity of the Senate than they did about partisanship, that that was one of those traditions that mattered. And I happen to think that one of the legacies of the Obama administration's Bill Crystal, is going to be the death of that tradition. I've, you, I never would have believed that longtime senior senators would have said, sure, Mr. President, anything you want, we're just a rubber stamp. No, I agree with that. And I think Harry Reid and Chuck Schumer and others uh, need to really look in the you know look in the mirror each morning and, and and what about the freshman senators what about your friend Elizabeth Warren up there I mean she's supposed to be an independent type right. you know free spirit she's a law <laughs> professor she doesn't need this job she can't possibly think Chuck Hagel is qualified to be the defense secretary of the United States and yet she's just meekly going along so all that talk about how tough she is and mm-hmm. she'll stand up to anyone even for her own party. All nonsense. Of course it is. I mean, uh, she's like that uh, product in the movie Anchorman, Sex Panther. It works 100% of the time, 65% of the time. She's independent 100% of the time, 0% of the time. And that's she's going to vote with the party. I guarantee you, you will never see her vote against the majority of Democrats during her term in office. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. That'll be something it's, worth it's, watching. But listen, but you're talking about defense. You're talking about fighting. You're talking about standing up. Here in Massachusetts, uh, uh, the uh, tradition now is Republicans cower and whimper in the corner and promise they'll be even more Democrat than the Democrats. And there's some people who are wondering if the Republican Party, the Republican brand is in such bad shape, they should avoid any confrontations, just give President Obama what he wants. You have a great editorial in the Weekly Standard, Resistance is Not Futile. Why is it not futile? Well, A, it's the right thing to do. B, so often in our political history, going back a bunch of years, but even recently, uh, just when conventional wisdom says, oh, you've got to go along, you've got to compromise, it turns out uh, doing the opposite works out well. It's like the stock market being contrarian. It's often the right thing to do. And the truth is he's pursuing a ridiculously liberal agenda. He got 51% of the vote against a not very good Republican presidential candidate with, with, a, with a sort of had gone through rough primaries and just wasn't good at making his own case. And the idea that you, you can't beat President Obama on a range of issues and that we can't even make some progress in rolling back some of his initiatives, but certainly that we can't stop him from doing even more, I don't buy that at all. And I think actually 2014, with strong resistance here in Washington and embracing a positive conservative reform agenda out in the states and, and, and going forward here in Washington, I think 2014 could end up being a very strong year for, 
for Republicans and for conservatives. But the key is not to not to cower, not to cave. If there are particular compromises that have to be made for the national interest, I'm, I'm not against that at all. But in general, Republicans should not be afraid to resist. But here's what's frustrating to me is, for example, we have uh, 32 days in a row of higher gas prices. Gas mm-hmm. prices jumped 51 cents. Uh, it's the highest price this early in the year we've ever had, and that's an indicator that we're probably going to set a record in the, in the coming months, $4 a gallon gas across the country. And yet the attitude I hear from people, Bill, is, well... What are you going to do? What can you do? And, of course, there are some public policies that could have some impact. And if nothing else, you can at least point out the public policies by President Obama that didn't help, like the Keystone XL pipeline and fighting drilling and on and on and on. Why aren't Republicans pointing at that problem and saying, look, there is a solution and the solution is not Democrat? Yeah, I, I don't know, actually. I think you're roughly right. Um, the fracking story is a fantastic story mm-hmm. of finding natural gas and a fair amount of oil in a way that's going to be good for the economy, actually good for the environment, good for everything, and in a way that was not helped at all by President Obama, who's been sending all of our money on solar energy, renewables, and crony capitalism uh, efforts like Solyndra. So here we have a wonderful contrast. The free market policies, which are working in energy, and the Obama administration policies, which aren't working. Uh, We try to make that case in the Weekly Standard. You try to make it on the radio. But it does seem like Republican elected officials, to some degree, just have lost the knack of making kind of common sense policy contrasts clear and convincing to the American public. That's why we do the podcast, Bill Crystal, so you can help them out. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Weekly Standard Podcast. Don't forget to click the box below for a special discount subscription to the Weekly Standard. I'm your host, Michael Graham.